This is Growing the Valley, a podcast by the University of California Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Miller, Orchard Systems Advisor for Butte, Tehama, and Glen Counties. I'm your other host, Phoebe Gordon, Orchard Systems Advisor for Madera and Merced Counties. Today on Growing the Valley, I'm joined by Roger Duncan, Pomology Farm Advisor based in Stanislaus County. Roger, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Luke. Good to be here. It's good to have you. We work together on almond variety trials. We work together on when to start irrigation in almonds. But today we're going to be talking about compost, which is another area that you've done research on over your illustrious career. And (laughs) something you noted in an article last year that we'll link to in the show notes is, although most compost studies focus on improvements in soil health, Few, if any, trials have tested if compost actually enhances orchard performance or increases profits. So you set out with this question of not looking at the microorganisms or soil water holding capacity benefits, the nitrogen, the potassium, the organic matter, the carbon sequestration, all of these buzzwords, but you really set out to see whether compost applications really had a benefit to the trees in a measurable economic way and to the grower. So Roger, how did you go about researching this question? You're correct. It's a little disappointing, actually, when you kind of try to look through the literature to try to find what the benefits are of applying compost in orchard systems. And you know, the vast majority of what you find are studies that really looked at the you know, what we call soil health now and the effects of compost on cation exchange capacity, on soil organic matter, on soil microbial populations and water holding capacity and these sorts of soil measurements. And, and compost has an effect on all of those, but it's kind of hard to find studies that looked at the actual impact on the tree. So as a grower, we want to introduce practices into our orchards that make money or save money, essentially. So it's always good to try to tie all of our practices back to some sort of an economic measure. And it was very difficult to find any information on that. And I have done some research projects through the years with looking at at compost. Composted green waste is what we're talking about for the most part. Also, we've worked with composted manure, dairy manure chicken manure, but composted green waste is mostly what we're talking about here. You know, there have been studies, Harry Andrus, who was a pomology advisor in Fresno County, did a project, gosh, probably 30 years ago at this point, and looking at the use of compost in peach orchards in Fresno County. And the idea was, could you use compost as a substitute for nitrogen fertilizer application? And so Harry put compost in these peach orchards and compared against non-amended areas. And he found that he could at least replace some of the commercial nitrogen fertilizer with compost. But he didn't see any difference at all in fruit quality or yield or tree performance in the composted areas versus where there was no compost. I also did a trial started around the year 1999 or 2000 in a peach orchard. And back in those days, we were looking for alternatives to methyl bromide. Methyl bromide used to be able to apply 400 pounds of methyl bromide before we planted an orchard. And of course, those days are gone now. But back in the turn of the century, we were looking for alternatives to this. And I put in a a trial in a peach orchard looking at alternatives. And that included compost and also microbial inoculants and foliar sprays. And at the time, we had some commercial nematicides and things. 
this was in peaches and we followed that for four years through the second harvest. And we really saw no effect on peach tree growth or yield or nematodes. It really almost nothing that we could measure. Did we really see any difference in tree performance? Now, looking at leaf analyses, we generally see an increase in nitrogen sometimes. And I think definitely we see increases in potassium. And I think that's probably one of the key things here. But again, compost is thought of as more of an amendment that improves some soil physical characteristics and biological characteristics that will transfer into improved growth and performance. And I hadn't seen it there. I didn't really follow up on that too much, but just a few years ago, it seems that the use of compost has really increased over the last few years. And so just a few years ago, a grower who farms for a lot of other small growers asked me, hey, Roger, should I be applying compost in all of my growers' orchard? You know, I answered, I really don't know. I didn't have any evidence to show that it improves or that it pays for itself, but let's do some trials. And he was definitely up for that. So in that case, we looked at two different almond orchards. We applied compost pre-plant and follow that up for five years with post-plant applications. And we looked at a lot of different things. One site was a really nice Hanford sandy loam. It had never been farmed in trees, beautiful ground, really no specific challenges there. And this was nonpareil on Nemagard. And a few miles away, we did a second site in a really sandy, this is a replant spot where a previous orchard had been removed, and this was independent on Nemagard. And so in both of these locations, we applied about five tons in a band prior to planting. And then when the trees were planted, they were used a machine, which incorporates the compost into the berm, and then plants the trees at the same time. So it was about five tons of compost that we applied at the time of planting. And we followed that up for an additional five years, looking at about 10 tons of compost applied to the surface. And we compared composted green waste, look at composted dairy manure, and unamended, of course. And we measured a lot of things. We measured stem water potential, which is with a pressure chamber. So trying to do to determine if there were any changes in the water status of trees where we had compost, we did not have compost. Certainly we know that when you increase the organic matter in soil, you can increase the water holding capacity, which in theory we should be able to improve the water relations with the tree and potentially the, the tree should be more resilient and not require as much irrigation. But we didn't see that, you know, 10 tons per acre, which is a very heavy application we really didn't see any improvement in the water relations, which is a little bit surprising and, and disappointing, I have to say. And we measured other things like trunk circumference. And over the uh, six years, because we, we applied compost for five years and we monitored it for six, and we didn't see any difference in trunk circumference, no difference in size of the canopies in, in either location. Roger, this is amazing. You've done a lot of research on this topic now, dating way back to those peaches at the turn of the century, and then <laughs> more recently in these two almond orchards. And you've done a whole lot of compost application and then followed that up with just this plethora of measuring all these kind of things that we care about and not seeing any result. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, I should say that the compost was applied on top of what the grower was already doing. So the grower did not adjust his fertility. He didn't reduce the amount of nitrogen, the amount of potassium or anything like that. So uh, I guess I feel that with our high intensity almond farming systems that we have today, where we have drip or micro sprinklers that we're irrigating every two or three days, 
or injecting nitrogen many times every time we irrigate or at least uh, a couple of times a month. I wonder if with our newer high-intensity farming systems, if maybe we are masking any benefits that we might be getting. And I wonder if maybe compost would have more of an effect in orchards that were not farmed as intensively. That's a really interesting. If you have an organic orchard, for example, you're always going to be nitrogen deficient. That's maybe where if you do see a bump up in your nitrogen, your leaf analysis, it would be more beneficial in a system like that where you're going to be chronically low. Yes. And there's quite a bit of nitrogen in compost. So I think that in the product that we were using, we were putting on between 180 to 250 pounds of nitrogen in a 10-ton compost application. So that's an additional 200, 250 pounds on top of the grower's normal nitrogen applications. Of course, we assume that 10 to 15% of that is actually available to the trees. And I think that explains why we really saw very, very modest increases in leaf nitrogen. Differences of leaf nitrogen from 2.6%, let's say, in the unamended to 27 or 2.8% nitrogen where we put on the compost of green waste for several years. It can be a statistically significant increase, but I'm not sure that it makes a lot of agronomic difference. Increase your leaf nitrogen from 2.6 to 2.8. And of course, it's not the cheapest way to apply nitrogen. Is it worth $250 an acre that we paid to apply that compost? I don't know. Probably not just for the nitrogen, but I think that what is probably more important is the amount of potassium that we're getting from the compost. We are applying about 130 to 150 pounds of K2O in a 10-ton application, and all of the potassium is pretty much available to the trees. And we did see a significant and consistent increase in potassium in the trees and the leaf samples. I think that is something that with today's prices of potassium, I think that compost could certainly replace any applications of K2O or or potash or potassium sulfate or, or potassium chloride. So we've been talking about this research in kind of high input systems, the classic way that we have been growing orchards that may be changing. It already has changed for folks who grow organically. That's a a tougher way to get nutrients and things, or just with our economics being what they are in agriculture today with just how expensive our inputs are that folks may not be farming as rich going forward. And then maybe the nitrogen or especially the potassium component could become more pivotal. But I want to switch back to implications of this research, that ability for the trees to have perhaps not be as water stressed because you'd be increasing the soil water holding capacity. You did find at least an increase in the organic matter when you took soil samples, but it was really only at the top four inches or so. So I'm just wondering, is that compost not sticking around? Are we just not seeing the benefits to something like the water holding capacity and then therefore how much trees are able to hold on to the irrigation that we provide them? Yeah, there are, I think there are a couple of things in play and five or 10 tons sounds like a lot, but when you think about how much you know, one acre foot of soil weighs 10 tons of compost, which is essentially about 50% water. It's not a significant increase in the mass of the soil. And also, you know, in on almond orchards, we don't cultivate anymore. Most almond orchards are no-till. So when we are applying compost to the surface, 
and we're not really incorporating that into the soil. You know, if we were to apply compost in, say, vegetables, for instance, barley would get incorporated into the beds every year. With almonds, we're just applying it to the soil surface, and it, there's really no way to get that down deeper. So, but we can definitely make some changes in the top few inches. We know that. We, uh, we worked with a PhD student from UC Merced who took a lot of soil measurements, and she found that, yes, we did increase the soil organic matter. We increased the cation exchange capacity. We increased the available nitrogen and potassium in the top few inches of soil. But that didn't seem to translate into improved tree performance. And we really hadn't discussed the thing that growers care about the most, of course, and that is yield. You know, unfortunately, we really did not see any differences really at all in tree yields. So no differences that we can measure in tree growth, no differences that we could measure in water status of the trees, no differences in nematode numbers in the root system. And ultimately, after six years, so that would be harvest of third, fourth, fifth, and sixth leaf trees, we saw no differences at all in yields no differences in any year and no difference cumulatively. Really, after all of that is said and done, the yields were essentially identical, whether we applied compost or we did not apply compost. And the cost of compost is pretty expensive. At the time, we paid $10 per ton for the compost, composted green waste. The freight costs were about $275 delivered. And then you have the application costs. So the total cost was about $26.50 per ton, and we put on 10 tons, which is a pretty heavy application. So we were spending $265 an acre applying the compost. And, you know, I have to say that we just didn't see that return, you know, over that period of time. I'm going to go back to a really important point you made about how little 5 to 10 tons of something that's half water it's just a, a drop in the bucket when you're looking at the weight and volume of soil out there. Contrasting this with something like whole orchard recycling, that's 50 to 70 tons per acre, bone dry, 0% water. And that work done by Brent Holtz and Make Lumber and others showing real economic benefits, increases in yield and tree growth, that's just a totally different order of magnitude of how much organic matter is being applied to the field. In that case, you're doing it with tillage, you're doing it so that you can actually incorporate it at the start of the orchard. So it's just a completely different ball game when we're talking about volume here. Yeah, I agree. And I don't want to play down the importance of building organic matter and improving your cation exchange capacity and your water infiltration and water holding capacity and all of that. That's all very important. And it's been documented over and over again, how increasing the organic matter in your soil can be beneficial to plant growth. I think the problem is that, gosh, it's, we just really aren't making that much of a difference in the organic matter within the root zone of tree crops. So I, my question is, are there ways that we can do this that are maybe less expensive? One thing that you mentioned was the whole orchard recycling. We really see big differences in the organic matter, and it's incorporated, and it lasts for a long time. And I think that the use of cover crops and some other things that we can do can improve the organic matter of our soil over time. And compost probably can too, but I think that it's important that growers have realistic expectations. You won't be able to apply compost in one year and immediately see a difference. As I said, we did it for five years and watched both orchards for six years. 
it did not see any measurable differences in really very many parameters at all. But it could be a very, very long process. And it could also be if we ever move to sort of an off-ground harvest system and we allow the, the weeds to grow on the orchard floor and we start maybe even adding the almond hulls back into the orchard, you know, maybe some compost at that time could be helpful if we decided to do some incorporation. Currently, we have to sweep and blow the almonds, so we're moving a lot of that compost around so it doesn't stick on the berm as well as we would probably would like. So we're kind of moving some of that into the windrow when, we, when we're harvesting. I don't know that we're losing very much of it, but it doesn't necessarily stay put. And that goes back to the starting question here of that most studies have focused on soil health. And I think that one of the first things that I know I learned about plants or agriculture was that compost is good for the soil and good for plants. And it feels good. But I think it's really important work that you've done showing that there may not be actual economic benefits to you for doing so. And the cost to transport five or 10 tons of 50% water is incredibly expensive now. And I know I'm working on some cost studies at the moment and growers figure it costs $40 an acre just to put a single tractor through a field, not doing much of anything. So the cost is very significant here. So I think that there's potential cost savings if growers skip doing a compost application, but on a more kind of society level, we got to do something with this manure and green waste at the end of the day. Again, I, I want to reiterate, I'm not against applying compost. I think it's just important that growers have a realistic expectation of what they can expect with the compost application. And you're right, today's market is pretty tight right now. Input costs are very high. Almond prices are not that high. Can you justify $200 an acre to apply compost? I think every grower would have to answer that for themselves. So if I could just kind of highlight a few of the points from these two experiments that we did, you know, over five years, we spent about $1,300 per acre in each orchard. And we did see improved measures of soil health. And we saw inconsistent trends for slightly higher leaf nitrogen after five years of an additional, you know, 180 to 250 pounds of nitrogen per acre and consistent significant increases in leaf potassium. But, you know, we also saw significant increases in leaf chloride. So this is something I think that growers are going to have to be careful of and watch as well. If you apply a lot of compost, especially manures, you need to kind of watch the salts. We also consistently saw decreases in leaf calcium. And I don't know what that means exactly, but it was very consistent and statistically significant in every case, in every year. So if orchard performance is enhanced with compost, it may take quite a long time. If the change is mostly due to increased nitrogen and potassium, can we accomplish this less expensively with commercial fertilizers. And we may see some benefits in orchards that have problems. So if you have poor infiltration, I think we've seen that where you apply compost, we've measured better soil infiltration at the surface. And if you're an organic grower, then certainly compost is necessary to get the nitrogen and potassium that you need. You know, more and more, we're starting to see marketing advantages as well. So people want to buy products that are sustainably farmed. And so I think that if you could use compost as a way to promote that, I think there could be some pretty advantages. All right, Roger. Thank you so very much. This is fascinating research. And, you know, the way research works, this isn't the final word. As you note, compost may have economic benefits in some different situations or over a different time horizon. So hopefully 
more researchers will come along in the coming years and show whether there's a benefit to growers or not. But I really want to thank you for, for doing this research and for sitting down with us today. Oh, you're very welcome, Luke. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Growing the Valley, a UC A&R podcast. You can find out more about this episode at our website, growingthevalleypodcast.com. We'd like to thank the Almond, Pistachio, Walnut, and Prune Boards for their support. We'd also like to thank my sister, Muriel Gordon, for writing and recording the theme music.